Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host today, Sabir Joasant, and I'm very pleased to have Leilani and Aiden here with me today. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. We'd like to introduce ourselves before we start. So I'll start. My, my name is Sabir Joasant. I'm a freshman at FIU, and my major is computer engineering. Hi, I'm Aiden. I am a marine bio major here at FAU. I just transferred here from Monmouth University in New Jersey. I am a junior. Hi, I'm Lilani Herndon. I am a junior here at FIU and I'm, my major is art. Okay, now that we've introduced ourselves, today we're here to discuss a case study by the name of Venus's True Birth. The case study goes as follows. The proposition, Handel composed the oratorio Messiah, is generally held to be true, just in case there was someone, namely Handel, and there was something, namely the oratorio Messiah, and that someone composed that something. So the proposition in question is true. Now consider the proposition, Alexander the Great slew the Minotaur. Because the Minotaur is a mythical beast, that is, one that never existed, the real Alexander, who did exist, cannot have slain it. So Alexander slew the Minotaur is either false, as some philosophers, some philosophers would have it, or neither true nor false, as others would have it, but cannot be true because there was no Minotaur for Alexander to slay. Is the proposition... Botticelli's birth of Venus depicts the birth of Venus true, false, or neither true nor false. If we assume that there never was such an event as the actual birth of Venus, as we safely can, then this proposition would appear to be analogous to Alexander slew the Minotaur. But this proposition is true. Botticelli's birth of Venus done depict the birth of Venus. In what ways are the propositions Alexander slew the Minotaur and Botticelli's birth of Venus depict the birth of Venus alike? So the only difference that one of them is about an artwork and the other is not. If so, why should that matter? Yeah, that's it. Okay, now going back to the case study, as we can see in the first question, I'm going to repeat it again. So, so Alexander slew the Minotaur is either false, as some philosophers would have it, or neither true nor false, as others would have it, but cannot be true because there was no Minotaur for Alexander to slay. Okay. So firstly, who, who was Alexander? Alexander was born in Pea, the ancient capital of Macedonia in July. 356 BC. He was he was better known as Alexander the Great, and he's known because he changed the nature of the ancient world in little more than a decade. He was he was actually educated by the philosopher named Aristotle, and when this philosopher actually died, he was able to inherit a powerful a powerful but volatile kingdom in which he did have enemies, 
and in his life he over against overwhelming odds he had a he had many victories across the persian territories which were also his enemies and that and as a king and a commander he was always known as a very strong person so just just based off a simple background like this i do think it can apply to um apply itself to the question regarding that he slew the minotaur because a minotaur was known as a a big beast something that was hard to beat something that was hard to kill so the fact that he was a very strong person a very experienced person may or may not prove that he actually killed the minotaur however this is also this is also a little contradicted because there's really no actual proof that minotaurs exist nor is there really any mythological stories that would link Alexander and the Minotaur together. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Yeah, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, the story of the Minotaur is of Theseus and the Minotaur. It started off with King Minos, who was attacking Athens. So the king of Athens made a deal with him that if he stopped attacking for nine years, that he sent seven boys and seven girls to be eaten by his pet, the Minotaur. And after nine years of peace, uh, the prince of Athens, Prince Theseus, went with the others, the boys and girls, to kill the beast. So no one would ever have to die. When the king, uh, when King Minos's daughter, Prince Adrian, if I'm saying that right, helped Theseus um, because she wanted to be taken and rescued to leave with him. She brought him string to help him find his way out of the um, Minotaur's maze and a sword to slay him. So Theseus went out with, this, with the supplies. He slayed the monster and escaped with the children and the princess. And that's the actual story of the Minotaur. Uh, I, I think the proposition Alexander's to the Minotaur um, is kind of a testament to Alexander's prowess as like a commander because he, he was this, this Greek like ruler who conquered all these like all this, this huge amount of region. Yeah. Uh, yeah saying mm -hmm. he slew the Minotaur while this, while this false is a testament to the, the true deeds of Alexander the Great. Oh, so you think that like him slowing the Minotaur is kind of just like a metaphor just to give him, just to show how strong he was, not something that actually happened. Yeah, I think that's Maybe one just, of the ways you can interpret the, the proposition yeah. if you just don't take it literally, because obviously um, a, a real non-fictional character of history can't fight a fictional monster. True, very. Yeah. And I guess I guess one of the most one of the best points that would prove that it's most likely false is the fact that there's an existing story about the Minotaur. Yeah, it's with Theseus, right? Correct. Yes. Theseus is the one. Yeah, the fact that there's just existing evidence and it's just not really a lingering question. I think that I think that strengthens the argument. I think that strengthens the argument that it's most likely false, although Alexander himself was a real person. That's why it's neither true nor false because. The first part of the, 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 the proposition is true. It's undeniable that, that Alexander the Great was a real leader. 
Um, but there's there's no evidence whatsoever the mentor was a good person. So that and so the second part is false. So it's there's some truth to it and and some falsehood to it, but it can't be either or because it's something that could never happen in reality. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I can see that too. Um, it's also just a story. I like you were saying, like to to boost him. I believe. Even even more on the Minotaur side, the simply they say that like a Minotaur could not have existed because there was no Minotaur for Alex to slay. However, the Minotaur could have existed with Desus. And even if that is, even if even if we were to say the Minotaur is true and not false, that the Minotaur did actually exist, it wouldn't matter because it was killed by Thesus, not actually Alexander. So that would also contradict it being true, whether there's a minotaur or not. Because if there's not a minotaur, it's false. There's no minotaur for him to slay. And if there is one, it's like he already got slayed by Thesus. So technically speaking, it wouldn't it would even be possible for Alexander to slow the minotaur in that case, in that sense. I agree. So now let's talk about the second proposition. Botticelli's birth of Venus depicts the birth of Venus. Is it true or false? Neither true or false. Well, uh, the, the painting, the birth of Venus, uh, is based off of um, Roman mythology about the, the goddess Venus, the goddess of love and beauty and fertility. Um, it, it sh it's, it's called the birth of Venus, but it, you're, it's really not in the painting, you don't see the birth of Venus depicted. What you see is the arrival of Venus uh, on, on land. Specifically, she's, she's arriving on the island of Cyprus. Um, if you look to the left of the, of the painting, you see a, uh, an, another figure. His name is Zephyr, and he's a god of the west wind. And he's, he's blowing the western winds to push Venus along uh, the water to land on Cyprus. Uh, so obviously this is a, a mythology, so it's, it's not it's not true. There never was uh, a goddess Venus or any of the gods depicted in the painting. Uh, but but the the way that Botticelli painted the painting is true to what the mythology says. Um, everything about it with all the gods stick the western wind all that stuff is good um yeah so, um i also think that if you think about it like um botticelli's birth of venus depicts the birth of venus like it is like it's a painting and so this is his perception of what this looks like so this is the birth of Venus as he depicted it. So it is true in that way that it is this painting, but this painting of what it actually is can't be real. Yeah, so really you would say it's, it's neither true or false, the statement, because like, again, with the other one, Botticelli, Botticelli 
he is a uh, he's a real painter. He's he, he's an Italian painter from the seven hundreds, I think. And uh, yeah, his, his from he was sorry. born in um, fourteen forty eight, actually. Oh, 14, Okay, sorry, I mixed him up with someone else. <laughs> uh, so he um, he he's real, and the the thing he created was was accurate to the mythology, but not accurate in, in, in history's eyes. Because the, the, the event that he's painting never actually occurred in real life. So that's why I would, I would say it's either, neither, neither true nor false. What do you guys think about that? Oh, wait, oh. I, I, I also have more I, can, I want to add about that. Oh. Um, so it is all the birth of Venus is uh, is also inspired by by real life things. It's inspired by a woman named Simonetta Cataneo de Vespucci, and she is uh, described as one of the most beautiful women in Florence during the Renaissance times. Uh, furthermore, the painting is also. Uh, so we're, it's based off of a another long lost painting. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, called Venus Anadiomene. It's an ancient Greek uh, painting. That's that's long lost now. That's a little bit more of like the based off of somewhat reality, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, also thinking back to like the study and research that we had to read from the meaning and inter interpretations, something that I read was about Plato and Aristotle's uh, debate against imitation versus reality. Um, Plato believes that um, you couldn't fully learn from like a painting or anything um, if it wasn't exactly like how it was supposed to be portrayed. While Aristotle um, believed that you could, um, that imitation was a great way of learning that um, through these, um, sorry, that through these uh, different imitations that you could actually pick up uh, many different things. And it's funny because Aristotle was also Alexander the Great's, um, his tutor. And just like with Alexander against the Minotaur, um, it's like an imitation. It's not um, reality, but it still was able to teach you a lot because Alexander was great. He was able to be able, we believe he would be able to like defeat a Minotaur, but it's not actual, it's not reality, but you still learn about his greatness through the imitation. Yeah, like, um, you know, different people are going to find their own meaning in, in, in paintings because they come from, from different perspectives. Uh, one interesting, another interesting thing I, I read from the chapter was uh, that some contemporary theorists say that uh, one interpretation of artwork is proposed by insisting that each interpretation creates a new and different work of art. Kind of meaning like that it's a new work of art for each different person's interpretation. Mm. Um, so, so no one's really 
right or wrong about about these things. Like like how I said before that uh, I interpreted the, the the proposition that Alexander the Great, friend of the Minotaur, can be related to uh, like him being a strong emperor and fighting people. Um, other people might see it differently, and that's a lot to do with it, with with context of like history. Like we we see uh, Birth of Venus differently than than people in their time would have seen it. We have different meanings for it. Yeah, I also could like say that the Birth of Venus is like the coming of uh, love and fertility and just this birth of beauty onto a painting. Um, and that could be like, not really describing the actual birth of the goddess Venus, but like the birth of beauty onto this painting. For the question, um, in what ways do the propositions Alexander Sulemantor embodies birth of Venus, depicts the birth of Venus. What ways are they alike, do you guys think? Any thoughts? Well, hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, now. Oh my goodness. I was talking. Oh no. My, my, mic, my mic was muted. But go <laughs> ahead, I'll, I'll add what I was adding earlier when you're done. Oh um, no, you can go ahead. Yeah, you were saying how it's like an art, an art of beauty, like people can interpret it different ways. And something I wanted to point out, and Ellen, after after I point this out, Aiden, you can go back to like what you were asking us about something being alike. Well, let me just add this first. Yeah, something something obviously important in the painting is the fact that she's nude. And because back then in the Middle Ages, obviously, when this was done, the painting, something nude woman was not something that was normally done. It's not something that was normally used to depict things. So maybe since this was really like the first type of painting that way, to include the nudity, to try and depict whatever theme or whatever that Botticelli was trying to prove. So that means it can ne doesn't necessarily have to be depicting that someone was act actually giving birth to Venus. It can just be that um, like that was the first step in art just to get like to depict something to use nudity to depict a theme or whatever it doesn't actually actually have to be what actually happened physically in the picture it can just be the start of a new era back then the fact that yeah. nudity wasn't really used then i can see that um but i guess back to the the question i wanted to ask is yeah in what ways are the, are the propositions Alexander slew the mentor and Botticelli's birth of Venus depicts the birth of, birth, birth of Venus similar. How the two alike? Well, one being that they both um, have this mythological background, like the Minotaur, mm -hmm. this mythological beast that represents uh, fear of the unknown, and the birth of Venus that represents. Um, is a mythological goddess uh, from Greece that represents love, beauty, and desire. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that way, how they, both propositions bring up mythology mm -hmm. and both yeah. have a, a person from history 
in, in the proposition. I think another thing I want to add to that is that both propositions we kind of concluded are neither true nor false. Because um, yeah. none of them are, are completely true. None of them are like the, the first proposition named in the, in the case study about Handel and, and the Eratio Messiah because Handel was a real person and he did compose the Eratio Messiah. So that, that first proposition was completely true. Neither of these statements are completely true. But I know it's not completely false either. Yeah, and the fact the mythological background kind of gives gives what you're saying a backbone that they can't be true because it can be a true story and then and then again it's also mythology so the story itself may not be true even though there is a story you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, yeah I, I, another thing I read in the in the chapter three was that somebody said a, a picture uh, can be can no more be true or false and a statement can be blue or green. Do you guys have any thoughts on that quote? Hmm. Yeah, can you say that one more time? That was uh, super interesting. A, a picture can no more be true or false than a statement can be blue or green. I kind of interpreted it yeah. as, as like everyone has their own uh, interpretations and meanings in art and uh, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, you can go. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that like um, a painting is, um, it could be true. Like if you paint a picture of an apple, it's an apple, that's an apple, but it's also a painting. So it can't ever truly be truly an apple. <laughs> but um can you repeat the second part of that? I wanted to add in my part. The sentence can never be green or blue or green. Uh, picture, basically it's like a, a picture can't, a picture can no more be true or false, false than, than a statement can be blue or green. Yeah. Yeah. And like Venus in the, in the painting, she was regarded, well, Venus herself, was regarded as a symbol for physical and spiritual love. The fact, the fact that she was used as a symbol for physical and spiritual love, that can indicate that it wasn't a real person, that that didn't actually happen. It could just be, they're just using the image to portray and to be symbolic. They're portraying physical and spiritual love, you know, divinity, you know, and that all that all lines up with other with other mythological sayings, etc. A lot of things are just symbolic. They're just representations of other things. Doesn't necessarily have to mean it's real or it actually happened. In which that case, the story of depiction, the story of representation, that would be true. What they're, what they're trying to represent can be true. But what they actually drew, what they actually depicted physically, and there it's, that's, that part could be false. So I guess in that case, it can be, yeah, it can like neither true or false or both true and false almost. Um, in a way. So to the one of the other questions in the case study, it, it asks, is the only difference between uh, the, the two propositions in question is that one of them is an artwork and the other is not? I think we've already kind of uh, went through that. Right? I, I don't think the only difference is that one yeah. of them is an artwork and the other is not. 
Um, what do you guys think? Um, I feel like, so yeah, so Alexander's for the Minotaur, that's, that's just a proposition. And for the Birth of Venus, we actually have a painting there, which we don't have for Alexander's through the Minotaur. So in that case, I think that the fact that one of them isn't actually an artwork, I don't think that would change it too much. Because I think at the end of the day, the artwork is depicting its own image, its own symbol. But Alexander's through the Minotaur possibly can be depicting its own thing too, which would be going back to what I said earlier about how he was such a strong person. So they kind of just gave him the title of slowing the Minotaur, even though he didn't. Yeah, That's kind yeah, of I, some sort of representation that can kind of be alike to the representation of divinity, physical love, et cetera, coming from the artwork. So even though they're different, we're still able to get different messages from them with different senses. Yeah, I don't uh, really think it, sh it really should matter whether one of them's, if, if the only difference is that one of them is an artwork and the other is not. Um, because I think it, uh, it's all about like if you can find meaning in it. Like I found meaning in that, in that proposition that in, in the Alexander Silver proposition that um, I kind of in, just interpreted myself. Mm -hmm. Other people can interpret it differently. Um, so I don't really think it matters if it's an artwork or not. Yeah, I think it's all about learning something from it. Mm. Like we learned something, like even if we had to do the research of like learning about Alexander and the Minotaur, um, like we learned something from it. And um, the birth of Venus, just looking at that painting, um, we can see how beautiful Venus is in the... Uh, like the celestial like goddess form of like the painting and learn something from that as well yeah i agree um i think that's about it yeah as for the as for how they were as for how they were like yeah so overall yeah i don't i really don't think i think i agree with you guys there that it doesn't really matter that one was art or not. At the end of the day, where there's a message that comes from both of them, a theme and a background. Yeah. So in the end, um, I think the the proposition that the birth of Venus is neither true nor false, as well as how Alexander so the Minotaur is neither yeah. true nor false. Yeah, and looks like that pretty much that pretty much covers it, right? As for the questions, per se. Yeah, so alrighty. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I, Sabi Joasent, and my peers, Lilani and Aiden, appreciate it greatly. Um, today this concludes Exploring Art Podcasts. You can subscribe to Exploring Art Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious.